Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. for episode 16 where I'm chatting with Kira Haley from Mother Studio and this is a really juicy and beautiful episode where we talk about mom guilt, how the challenges of motherhood change over time, they don't necessarily disappear, how to find yourself within the role of mother, how her daughter was her biggest teacher, why personality is what will fuel your purpose, and how Kira is working to redefine what mother means. So there's so much goodness in this episode, and I thank each and every one of you for tuning in, sending you lots of love, and I hope you have a beautiful week. Let's get to it. Here's episode 16 with Kira from Mother Studio. Thank you so much for being here, Kira. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So we are going to jump right in Let's to the mom fashions. The Let's only do it. way to go. Yeah. What mm. is the best part of being a mom? Oh, well, there's lots of amazing things about being a mom. I think the best part is how it takes you out of yourself. So you kind of transcend your own limits and begin to live for something outside of yourself. And that's really, it's encouraging, it's healing on so many levels. And it really just blasts you wide open to the world in a way that you never thought possible. So um, it's this constant state of learning and growing and they bring presence and inspiration like every single day amazing what a beautiful answer thanks uh what is the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom the hardest lesson I've learned so far being a mom is how I can't be everywhere at once Mm. I can't make every single person happy um I can't be the thing that everybody I can't fix everything. You know, as a mom, we have that superwoman complex where, and we're natural nurturers, like for the most part. If you're not, that's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's this natural rise to so many situations and this like compassion is born as a mother as well. So you see your children struggling or person struggling. And, um, I, this really came through when I had my son and before that I was, it was always my daughter and I, it was her and I, her and I every single day. And I really, I was going through my own stuff, but, um, I was really proud of myself, how I could always be there for her when she needed right. me and whatever. And when I had my son, I'm stuck there breastfeeding, changing a diaper, Nova's crying. All of a sudden the dynamic really changes. And that was a really hard pill to swallow. I had my first child and figured it out and 
got cocky thinking like, I got this. <laughs> I can do this. I can do it all. Mm. This is great. And then I had my son that was like, oh, I can't actually divide myself into like three different places. No. Okay. So that was like a really hard lesson, um, but it brought me to a lot of great insight. And totally. Yeah. It kind of fuels me now. So. Yeah. So lots of learnings at least there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard lesson, but good. I, yes. I tend to learn the most when it's hard. The rough ones, totally. <laughs> the rough ones. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Oh dear. Uh-huh. Have you experienced mom guilt? All the time. I think you have. And um, how do you overcome it when that bubbles up? Well, I dug into this last week really, really deep for the, the sessions that I was um, hosting. But um, yeah, mom guilt, it pops up in many different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, again, not you know when you can't be everywhere at once, and then uh, most often finding guilt when we're giving ourselves something that we need. Mm. But what I've learned is that our needs actually—it's counterintuitive. Our needs have to come first for taking care of ourselves. Um, if we know those red flags of those signature things that oh this is happening, this means I'm not taking care of ourselves. And you can jump back in and, and start to fill up your cup again. Um, you can't, taking care of yourself is taking care of everybody else. That's step one. It's not the last thing. If you have time, it's the first thing. And a lot of times we can get the guilt thinking like, am I, is this okay? Is everybody else okay with me being like that? And I actually think, first of all, you're going to be healthier. You're going to have more to add. You're going to come back more fresh with a brighter attitude, a more helpful can-do sense of mothering, really. Um, and actually, it's really, really healthy for families, for kids, and you know, if you have a partner, uh, for them to have that time together while you're out doing whatever it is that you might need to be doing, or even if that's just taking five minutes alone in the bathroom, right? Like, <laughs> oh, alone in the bathroom. It's always just yeah. a lux- the little luxuries. Right? Like, the family needs to find their own rhythm with each other. They need to also feel safe realizing that you're not the only one that can take care of them, and they can actually take care of themselves. There's so many different benefits um, outside of ourself and with taking that time. The time, yes, so, absolutely. Compassion towards yourself and putting in lots of different exercises and practices where we can be compassionate and speak to ourselves more kindly. That really um, unwinds the guilt. Right. And yeah, I have a lot to say about guilt. Depends <laughs> how much time you have. <laughs> oh, we'll get more into it, I think. Okay. <laughs> if you could tell your past mom self, so think back to the Kira who, um, you know, was just a new mom. Mm-hmm. You're just a fresh mom. You're just trying to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. What would you tell her? I would tell her, first off, you're going to be okay. Your kids are going to be okay. I would tell her to take a deep breath. I would tell her to get on her yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> and I would also... What else would I tell her? Um, You're going to fail and it's going to be okay. That's a good one. (laughs) And it's actually going to be really good for you. And I would tell her to trust herself. Mm -hmm. The only 
not the only, but many, most of the regrets I've had in life are when I go against that gut instinct and those intuitions. You're worth trusting. Um, that's my number one, I think. Like, you can fucking trust yourself. Yeah. And don't be sorry about it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think the way I look at that, too, is, like, nobody knows you mm-hmm. or your life mm-hmm. or your circumstances mm-hmm. more than you. Exactly. So who else is going to be that expert and no. that advocate for your life? Don't like ask it's for you. opinions no. unless, like, you're doing some research to come to your own opinion. Right. And also don't ask for opinion unless you're, like, paying for it, like, a therapist or a mm-hmm. professional, a professional of some, of some sort. sort. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm Gather information, but you have to make your own decision, and you can't judge yourself. And nobody will has enough information to judge you, so you can just rise above all that. Yes, mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one of this opening segment here. Mm-hmm. Finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm a badass mom, and. I am a badass mom and so much more. I am also a woman who is constantly growing and learning. Um, I am a badass mom and a woman who wants to use her voice to help other moms find and use their own. That's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. Really beautiful. So now that you've been a mom for a little while. We were just talking yeah. about this. You're you're officially like a kid mom. Like yes. there's no babies, no toddlers. Step two. Because yeah, so we're calling it a step two mom because your your youngest is five, five. and he feels six. <laughs> He's an, is he like an old soul? Well, I think they're both pretty old souls. I think they come by that naturally. That's awesome. Yeah. So how would you describe your experience in motherhood now? versus Mm. when you had them in, like, the baby-toddler realm? Oh, it's fun. It's fun. It doesn't slow down. It speeds up. It doesn't – the challenges just change and evolve. I I used to think, like, (laughs) at this point, sometimes I look back to them when they were babies. I'm like, that was easier because it's, like, diaper bottle night-night. (laughs) That's it. <laughs> now it's like oh going up for the 12th time please stop talking they share a room please stop talking please go to sleep it's negotiating like so. no you don't need another snack oh, or water like, i'm hungry I'm like no you're not hungry you're actually tired that's a physiological response yeah. like you're actually just go to sleep and like, then you're trying to like rationalize with kids who don't have rational thought yet yeah so you have to like dig deep and like find some skills to negotiate which is fun but it's good there's more freedom and I find like there those in between years of like you know baby toddler and now or whatever is between toddler and six-year-old five-year-old yeah. is kind of where I raised myself where mm. you know I was Kira before kids I was Kira after one kid I was Kira after two babies and then I was like you know okay the kids are good I needed more after Atlas turned two, something happened in me where I'm like, this isn't enough. <laughs> like something wasn't getting expressed from inside of me, which that's the only reason I say it's not enough. Like there was something waiting to come out. Mm-hmm. And I found that out. I figured all that out. So yeah, um, that's the difference is 
right now I raised, still I'm raising them, and I found myself, and now I'm raising that person. So now it's like everybody kind of, we have our own little rhythm, and we know each other so well now. It's a really beautiful experience. I'm really happy in this zone. Um, but yeah, I'm like busy, messy, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to hear you say, and I have kind of heard this, so it's good for me mm-hmm. to kind of manage my expectations, that the challenges, like, remain. They just kind of change. Oh, yeah. Because I think I've had some moments where, you know, you get over certain little humps. Oh, yeah. I think, and you're like, oh, pff, great, look at us, coasting. Yeah. And I, I think I need to understand a little more that, like, there's not really that such a thing. It's like... Yeah, and coasting even is you know, like, like... It's a new challenge that comes up. Everything is a challenge. It's interesting where I've gotten, I've experienced those same things where like, yeah, we're in a groove. Look at us. Look at this. But then <laughs> I'm like, kind of, I found myself after a period of time of like coasting, I'm in this groove, the groove turns into a rut and then something's missing. Uh, like you, there's energy inside that needs to be focused somewhere and you almost can get complacent. Mm. So you know it's good to keep the waves coming it's, it's better to surf yeah <laughs> surf be engaged yeah absolutely yeah. can you tell me a bit more about what made you start um mother studio and mm-hmm. what you were doing kind of career-wise before this all came about oh. I think that's probably a very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. I don't evolution I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay well where do I start there? The evolution. Well, again, like I said, um, when Atlas turned two, mm-hmm. there was something going on. Um, I think I'm going to rewind that a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start at the top. Uh, career-wise, so I was a waitress. Mm-hmm. I met my husband. Uh, we were together for about three years. We were engaged, and... Uh, everything kind of happened in one year where Mm. we got engaged. We were planning our little wedding, which Mm -hmm. was super tiny and awesome. And, um, then I also decided to become a yoga teacher Mm. because it helped me so much heal through grief and, um, trauma and depression, all those Mm. fun topics. Mm. Um, so like, Hey, this is what healed me and this is what I want to do. And I believe that I have a voice in this zone and to help others mm. it's more than just yoga or whatever it is for me there's much more to it and I'd like to I always lace that through so that was a real um that's where I put the little bit of money that my mom and grandparents had saved for education was like my yoga teacher training that's awesome yeah so I was taking that it was a 20-day intensive on Galliano Island and on day 11 I found out I was pregnant <gasps> So, and so at this point you're engaged I was engaged our um, wedding was in like two months three months or something <laughs> and how far along were you when you found out four days oh like um, you knew right away kind of thing pretty much right away yeah, was that like, was like me two weeks because I'm clockwork with my Same. period so when it was like three days late I was like oh for sure pregnant yeah I was I like knew. three days four days late and I was just waiting for it because I actually we had pulled the goalie yeah and it had been seven months and nothing was happening so, so I was kind of like I did, I'm not I was late I'm like no I'm not gonna think anything of it I remember in the beginning the one of the trainer people was like okay if anybody's pregnant put up your hand I'm like or if they could be pregnant put up your hand let us know I'm like 
mm, I'm not even going to bother. And mm. two days later, I was like, pregnant um oh my gosh so you took a test like a test in, like, on galliano like, island the only the gas only station thing, right? yeah. on galliano island there yeah. i got a dusty box of you know <laughs> clear blue it's been there for like ever um still worked though it worked yeah and you know it was really interesting two days before i took the test um one of the ladies around the table was talking about her daughter's friend nova and like stop she's like what what did you just say? She's like, Nova. Like, that is the most beautiful name I've ever heard in my life. I didn't know I was pregnant yet. And I said, if I ever have a little girl, that's her name. Took the test and was having a girl. It was like Nova all along. So it was like really cool. That's really cool. Um, Yeah. Anyways, I think... So you're in the midst of your teacher training. So much going on. I finished the training, mm-hmm. certified. It was awesome, but I felt like there was so much coming um, at me at once. There's so much transition. Like we moved into this so house. Much. We were renovating. We were got engaged. I got pregnant. We were getting married. I decided on a career. It's a lot. And I quit waitressing. Thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a nice person anymore. So that's oh, you start to hate people. Me and my brother yeah. talk about this eventually, and. You know me enough to know that, like, I love people. Yeah. And serving was making me hate people. Yeah. I will, I just want to send a shout out to the last table I ever served. <laughs> <laughs> this lady, I'm, I, I am now learning that she was probably just in pain and was acting out of pain, but she was such a cow, (laughs) such a cow. And she left me a 10 cent tip and I was like, well, we're going out on a low note, but, um, (laughs) thank you because I will never come back to this. Yeah. You're never thinking, think about it like in a romanticized way. Yeah. We're like, Oh, a lot of people do that with serving fall back on this like quick cash thing. And, but really it was killing my soul. (laughs) And I want to be a, I know who I want to be in the world, and that wasn't where that person, that light in me was shining. No. <laughs> I was just a big, massive dump everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard. So it's thanks, hard. lady, for your 10-cent tip. I will never <laughs> serve again. <laughs> Not happening. Anyways, yeah, so yoga, um, I had Nova as soon as I was pregnant with Nova. Actually, I think that's where my depression, I've always, yeah. it's always been a slippery slope for me, but it started to set in, so it was like, you know, every, and oh, I'm so annoyed, everyone's like, how are you feeling? Oh, oh you're, you're so glowing. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so tiny. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I can't get these old shorts past my knees. I don't glow. This sucks. Shut up. I feel like crap. And nobody wants to hear that. So you were like cut off in a way from connecting and healing and working through it. I just became so boxed in uh it didn't really support my um you know like the fourth trimester yeah call it. you have this newborn and now I've I've lost my identity I've lost my social circle um I everything is new and here's a baby raise Mm -hmm. keep them you know do what you can feed them and everything and figure it out and it's like holy crap um figured it out that whole year was really dark um but nova was like 
delightful and my biggest <clears throat> don't cry my biggest teacher mm. so yeah I owe, you're gonna make me cry <laughs> I owe everything we're to just them. gonna be crying messes now <laughs> I said I wouldn't <clears throat> <laughs> but that's the journey like that's yeah. where I came from was like you know going through so much um digging really deep and through that being able to find that those find the way to the light yeah. and then also like I just resolved I'm like this is so preventable preventable um right. I found my voice I know what I want to say I know what I want to do all of this has been leading me setting me up to uh, my purpose which you know your personality will fuel your purpose everything kind of just goes together mm. and clicks um I couldn't have I couldn't be here without being a mother and I want to redefine like <clears throat> what mother brings out in people like I know that a lot of people I myself included would have like that aversion to like mother like oh it's so you know, means this, means that, a negative connotation or association with something or someone or their experience. But I'm like, no, it is something like badass, so strong, a source of, you know, creativity, producing things. You're strong and soft. Um, there's so much more to you. You're no one thing. You're, mm -mm. you know, think about Mother Earth. Um, you know, has the capacity to hold space, hold you, sit with you in pain, with, celebrate you in joy and success, um, every little part of life that I want it to come across more um, as that way. So, yeah, I created Mother, so everything that I'm passionate about is in one place, and um, it's open to everyone and anyone, and I can only speak from my experience, which is, stems from motherhood. It goes far back past me to my own mother, my mother's mother, you know, on and on and on. Um, it's, it's beyond me, and the vision I have for it is something so much more in, like, 10 years or 20 years. What I hope for it to evolve into is, is pretty um, pretty big but right now I am starting small one step ahead of itself um yeah it's been slow and steady uh, so mother right now is um you know I'm into teaching the yoga classes themselves I am a meditation guide there's a few online um samples which I hope to redo actually I was really sick when I recorded those um uh, yeah, there's my, some writing, writing has been really therapeutic and helpful for me to express myself and also spark conversations mm -hmm. and insight and uh, connect with others. And of course, malas, because malas brought me to meditation, uh, really helped with anxiety and sleep for me, which has mm -hmm. always been a real fun thing to tackle. Uh, it's everything that I've found to be powerful and healing and bringing me to a place of balance where I can feel joy and operate. Yeah. Uh, so all those things that I do are what helped me and what I want to help in others. And again, it's, 
here's like the template and what I can do, but what I want to bring to the table is, is so much more holistic, yep. treating people as a whole through XXX. Absolutely. Through these different avenues that you found yeah. supportive and helpful on your kind of journey through motherhood. Yeah, I feel like each thing I offer is like a key and yeah. everybody has a different lock. So you're like, hey, what's going to work for you? Mm -hmm. um, is it language? Is it something tactile in your hands? Is it just getting on your mat and moving your body? Or will you find it beneficial to sit for a minute every day and just connect your breath? Like, there's so many different options. Um, and the other thing that is ongoing is my um, yoga therapy training. Mm -hmm. So it's a three-year program, and uh, I'm really excited to work one-on-one. -on -one to use ancient wisdom and modern science through yoga and everything in that realm. Very cool. And yeah, to really get to people. Yeah. That's awesome. And then yeah. can you talk a bit about the group um, counseling program? Mm -hmm. And what is it called? Remind me again. So it's in collaboration with Spirit Lift. Yes. So we kind of blended both of our companies. Um, so Mother Lift. Um I am so passionate about that because of, A, how healing it is to connect with other mothers, to join in a circle. It is the most sacred, and it's how we began. This is so natural, yet something we don't always have. We don't always have. It's not available. And I want to do it in make it real. I want to make it easy. I want to make it comfortable. I want to make it beautiful. And it is all of those things. Uh, having those cathartic conversations with people who get you, who know, even if their experience is a little different, you can bring so much healing to each other and through perspective and you're using compassion and empathy all in uh, the presence of a therapeutic counselor. So it, there's so many dimensions, dynamics, and angles of the richness of these circles, and uh, it's powerful and fun, and we introduce, I introduce the meditation, breath work. We do a little bit of movement, get into the bodies. Uh, we close with mudra meditation and a ritual, which is really cool. cool. I'm really loving our That's ritual. That's awesome. Um, we can get to that if you, if we have time. <laughs> it's fun. Um, yeah, we break it down into, it's every Monday, 1030 at Sky Studio in um, the Dominion Building in Vancouver. And uh, each week we put on the table specific topics, somewhat, you know, related to each other. And so it's just kind of like that, that acupressure point where you kind of, here's a topic and then see what comes what out, comes out. Yep. and sometimes it stays really on the topic and we get into science well I always bring science to the table um and other times like we just we go with the flow we read mm -hmm. the room we feel what women need in totally. that moment so it's amazing yeah it's pretty brilliant Something that you've talked quite a bit about, and you even mentioned it in the beginning of this interview, is self-compassion. And I do also feel strongly that mm -hmm. that's something that especially moms mm -hmm. need to 
work on a little more. So what are some things mm-hmm. that you think um, moms can do or things that have worked for you? Um, let's, I have to relate compassion to guilt. Uh, we feel guilty for taking what we need, for asking what we need. We feel embarrassed by our needs and we try to avoid them, shove them down or look away. That doesn't mean they're going to disappear. It actually means they're going to come up in different areas. Um, that negativity is going to live in your body and, um, it's not going to go well (laughs) in short. Um, the only antidote, you know, is compassion. So we have to be kind to ourself. And that doesn't mean a lot of times people mean like, Oh, that just means I'm going to take a bubble bath. And, you know, now it means I can't get anything done and it's going to be all Pollyanna rainbow fluffy death like nobody's really that's not real life and actually that's not compassion so compassion is living mindfully um and you're gonna have to get curious about your belief systems so you know for example using myself i forgot fruity fucking friday i hope i can swear Yep, you can. <laughs> I think every single episode's got an explicit next to it. So Good. <laughs> so, yeah, Fruity Friday. You know, twice a year, three times a year, mom's in charge of bringing the fruit to the whole class. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forget every <laughs> single time. These are things I have to look forward to. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> uh-huh. Not fun. So... Am I a bad mom because I forgot the fruit tray? It's so easy to punish ourselves over that and to be, like, embarrassed and ashamed and carry that guilt. And really, I think a lot of us make that a bigger deal than it is. And no, point blank. Does that make me a bad mom? No. How... How... Silly is that to turn some simple little inconsequential mistake into something super personal, a judgment on your character, a value of your worth. No, that's unnecessary. So (laughs) self-compassion is like getting real about it. Like, oh, okay. Um, I am, I'm disappointed that I forgot that fruit tray because, you know, I wanted to Show up in that way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that that is behavior. All right. I'm sorry about, you know, not making that a huge priority on my life. But you know what? Are the kids fine? The kids are fine. You're a good person. Reframe your beliefs. Get to know. Slow down enough so you can notice the patterns of thought. You can recognize these beliefs that A, aren't true, and B, don't serve you. Um... Yeah, so slow down, investigate, connect with your breath, and uh, choose more kind language mm-hmm. uh, when you speak to yourself. Um, when you go through life and you know you experience those ups and downs, how would you speak to your child? How would you want your child to speak to themselves? Mm-hmm. Guilt, it actually activates the brain's reward center. So it's a really nasty cycle. Wow, that's why it's like a of. pattern. It's a pattern. Yeah. So knowing, knowing what it's doing in your body, um, 
it can give you some peace of mind mm-hmm. knowing like you know again investigating that belief center you know after time you're like oh I keep screwing up I keep doing this I am like you mm-hmm. come up with more proof to prove this crazy wrong point yes. um, but it's it's activating your reward center and um, yeah and then it creates this belief so step out of that by slowing down and yeah being being more gentle yeah being strong enough to do so Um, being overly critical of ourselves. it you think that it would motivate us to um, do better be better but it actually is the opposite effect so by being a harsh a harsh judge giving that inner critic a really loud voice giving it its own mic to dominate your life it's actually um disempowering you because you're less motivated because that you believe you are bad why would you try more to be good to act differently when you have this instilled belief system that i'm bad just why try i'm i'm just a bad mom so so I'm just, just, this is who I am, this yeah. is what I do. It's going to close up shop now. It's defeating. How are you ever going to step out of that? So being compassionate is a motivator. Right. By being compassionate to yourself, you're more likely to rise, to try again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To believe that um, I am not a mistake. I made a mistake. Mm. But so important to notice that difference. With that love towards yourself, that gentle, non-judgmental kindness, you uh, all of a sudden have a little bit more energy and you're pulled forward to make change. Yes. Mm-hmm. In something, in a way, acting in a way that represents you more fully mm-hmm. and at least trying again and again. And when you fail, being compassionate and then you're going to keep trying instead of giving up and then getting going down that road. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I think this actually ties really well into... Mm-hmm. Um, my last question here and it's another topic that you've talked about quite a bit and we kind of talked about a little bit was the idea of perfectionism oh yes this is my this week's research yeah so it was kind of interesting because I and I said to Kira like I call myself a recovering perfectionist because that is something that Mm -hmm. I struggled with and when I look back like Mm -hmm. you talk about stepping out of yourself and reflecting Mm -hmm. and like I had that from when I was tiny yeah. Like I've had that yeah. so long. Right? Yes. And you I think. You don't even know. No, you don't even choice. realize. And then I think, you know, I did start to do some of that kind of inner work and reflecting yeah. before I became a mom. But I think becoming a mom kind of shoves you into it. And you have mm-hmm. to, I always say like being a parent, it keeps showing you the same lessons until you, like exactly. it shoves them in your face yes. until you learn them. That's life. Yeah. 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 And I think it just like, accentuates it when you're a parent. Oh. That's my feeling is like, because you, you don't have time to like lolly dag around. So mm-hmm. anyways, something that I had to kind of like really face mm-hmm. was letting go of the perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Because... You cannot, like you said, you can't be everywhere at once. Mm-mm. You can't do, even with one baby, you can't no. do everything all the time. No. They're going to cry. They're going to, yeah. like... That doesn't it, make you a bad mom. No. It doesn't mean they're traumatized. No. <laughs> so I think I definitely had, like, this almost, like, awakening experience where I'm like, I have to be more compassionate towards myself, mm-hmm. and I have to let go of those perfectionist tendencies, or I'm not going to survive if in a good way. Exactly. If you're not, um, if you're not waking up to that, then we're 
teaching our children that? What do you want your child to do? That's how you have to treat yourself. So it's not this blind cycle that they don't even know where this, these problems, these issues, this conditioning began. We have to step out of it ourselves, so it's not put on them too. Yes. Right? Um, perfectionism. Yeah, I'm so with you. Like, I didn't even know, like, looking back, I'm like, hey, when did this start? It's like, where was that moment where I decided that, you know, I have to be perfect? I can't find the beginning uh, because I feel it has been this, like, societal conditioning Mm -hmm. and especially on women in general, you know? Um, So I think it is more pressure mm -hmm. that way on women and... Like I said, though, being a mom, you you do have to let go mm-hmm. of the perfectionism. Or I think that's where, and you had talked about this, some of the research, mm-hmm. research I think you shared, is that it can lead to things like depression. So I oh, do think that, so talking specifically about postpartum mm-hmm. depression and motherhood, mm-hmm. I think I've seen a lot of times with that. So women who, like, mm-hmm. really struggle with it and then can't bridge that gap and I think it's really hard yeah. and then it then it does show up like you're saying if you don't tackle these things they show up yeah I think um, perfectionism and guilt they are so I don't think you can separate them all the time mm-hmm. well, I guess you can but it's an interesting one um, they're very very connected and it comes from that belief system. It comes from, you know, there's so many different subcategories of perfectionism. <laughs> yeah. If you want to take a look. Yeah, you want to get right. It's going to be another hour. <laughs> if you want to get right into you know, it. I, oh. I think I like, I'm a little, I'm moderate across every level. Um, but I'm aware and I'm working on it. It's yeah. tied into fear. It's tied into belief systems and um, how you relate to every aspect of your life and and others there's perfectionism Mm -hmm. um projected on others Mm -hmm. where they have to meet these standards or else this right yes so you know it's and probably on kids on people's kids oh for sure oh my gosh i look at some kids and i see until right now how they are treated sometimes by the parent like oh you're projecting that's that's so they're going to be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say this out loud. Um, um, okay, what was the question? No, I think we pretty much had it. We got it. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about perfectionism and how it relates mm-hmm. to motherhood. And I just think it's so tied mm-hmm. to, like I said, showing up in ways like um, postpartum depression. Or yeah. Ways like, it, like you said, projecting it onto your children. It's how what you believe in yourself... Um, your values, your mm-hmm. value, your worth. So your value and your worth as a woman, as a mother, as a human, isn't tied to productivity, isn't tied to your body image, isn't tied to being perfect. And perfect doesn't even exist. <laughs> there is no perfect. It doesn't. So success and happiness and health and balance is different for every single human being. There is no one standard. Um, it's an impossible thing to achieve. Mm-hmm. So we can only we can strive for excellence. We can have high standards, but you have to stay self-compassionate to move forward, to move through, or you stay stuck, you fall down, and you don't want to get up. Mm -mm. And what do you want for your kids? Uh, 
do you want them feeling like this? It, it all come, it comes back. How would you talk to them or how would you talk to a friend Yes, that needs to be you in the mirror? I love that. And I think that's something that all moms could mm-hmm. benefit from a little more. A little more self-compassion and just like kindness yeah. towards yourself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I forgot the fruit tray, but okay. the kids are going to be okay. And that doesn't mean anything. Thing about Not really. Me as a Doesn't person. mean anything. Nothing's personal. <laughs> no. Right. So, don't Absolutely. buy into those judgments of yourself. Um, you're going to lose a lot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to thank you so much mm-hmm. for taking the time today. Yeah. It's such a beautiful conversation, and I think these messages are things that all moms need to talk about with Mm -hmm. each other yeah Um, and so I love this concept that you have going with mother lift and I will link everything in the show notes so people can check you out and check everything out um Mm -hmm. and are you mostly on Instagram is that the best place for everyone to follow you yeah I feel like I don't have uh I don't want to spread myself too thin so I'm like I get to choose one social media platform (laughs) no it's good and at the moment in it is Instagram uh, I'll be trying to update the website with more blog posts and whatnot. Um, but yeah, find me on Instagram, awesome. motherstudio.ca. There we go. And that's me. Amazing. Yeah. So quick ones before we go, before yeah. we wrap up. Uh-uh. We like to celebrate the mm. uh, wins and, you know, hashtag fails. Mm. I actually don't really believe in failure. I think you either win or you learn. But, you know, yeah. you kind of have those little mess ups and like it's all okay. Mm. So maybe yours is the fruit tray you forgot. But oh, what's your? I do it all the time though. That's like consistent. <laughs> what would you say is your biggest like thinking over the last couple of weeks? What's your biggest mom win and then your biggest mom fail? Uh, okay, let's see. Oh, okay, biggest mom fail. <laughs> okay, this was a couple of weeks ago. We were away. We were in Cabo, and my phone because I was in another country that didn't kind of like go through. I dropped. Um, Addie off. Nobody tell my son I told this story. Um, I got my son off. He's like, my, he was so sweet. He's like, my tummy hurts. My body is trying to tell me something. And I, it starts with no. And I don't Aww. know what it is. Because I asked him if he wanted like a chocolate scone. Yeah. And he's like, no. I'm like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah. You don't want a chocolate scone? He's like, my tummy, something doesn't feel right. I'm like, okay, buddy. Well, I'm going to, I dropped him off at this like kids club in Cabo. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll come back in like an hour or so. I told them, like, hey, I'm not feeling awesome. Just call me. But the call never came through. <gasps> and I came back like an hour later. And he poked in his pants. Oh, so, shit. Literally. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, he has so much, like, he's a sensitive soul. He has so much pride. and like, So he was so embarrassed, probably. Yeah. He was just heartbroken. And, you know, a week later, all my messages come through, and they're like, uh, they were trying to get a hold of me, so that felt like a mom fail. Like, oh, you poor guy, like, that's not even your fault. No. You, it's Mexico, you yeah. a tummy ache, I should yeah. have known better, that felt like a mom fail. But yeah, but he's, he's, he's okay. He's okay, he's not scarred for life, they no. handled it really, really well, Good. I cleaned him up, and I cleaned him up too, yeah. and everything was fine. Yeah. Life went on. Yeah. <laughs> and what about your win? Let's end on a high note. Okay. Well, the win. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down and bring it back up. Okay. Um, this all goes back to you know that there's always like a feminist thread in my heart. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so Nova came home the other day on anti-bullying day, and she had actually been bullied. So she came <gasps> home in tears, and I don't. I think it was just mostly ignorance on the boy's part. He wasn't aware of what how his comment would be perceived by my daughter. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she was just heartbroken and bawling, and she was crying. I empathized so much. I ended up crying in the car, um, and then we came home and we were discussing it like later on that evening. And um, so often, it's like Joe and I were talking, and um, we said, "Well, boys that age when they're talking to girls, you know, he actually likes you, and that's just the way boys kind of express." it they don't know how to go about it a, diff- a different way and then I got on to the tangent of like and it's wrong yeah I was gonna say and <laughs> it's not it's okay. not just what they do and yeah. you don't have to accept that and uh you can I want you to stand up for yourself and I want you to know that it's not okay and then I'm thinking like oh my gosh as the mother of a son it's my job yes. to teach my son I don't want him just to hear the first half of the story, like boys bug girls, and sometimes it makes them cry. But, honey, that means it's good news. Who gives a shit if he likes you? I don't care if he likes you. Your value isn't in his opinion. Your value is you because you're here and you're awesome and you're perfect just the way you are. That's a behavioral issue that he needs to look at. So I'm quite heated on this topic. Um, but yeah, we, we're getting into that, and then I'm thinking about my son, and I'm thinking about the last half of this is, has been a pattern in history, and it's our job to correct it and make sure that women, girls, don't feel like, Oh, that's this just is the way flattering. it is. I yeah. d- just the way it is is like death no. to me. I'm like, no, but why? It's not the way no. it, it's the way it was, doesn't, and it's it not need okay, to. and we're not going to end there. Mm-hmm. We're going to not accept that. So next, I'm talking to my son. I'm like, Addy. He's like, yeah. I'm like, when you like a girl, I need you to understand that you need to be kind, you need to be helpful, you need to be caring, and it's not okay to make her feel bad or bug her or annoy her, and I'm going on, as I do, and he interrupts me and goes, of course not! I am kind! <laughs> like, appalled that you would even think he it. Was appalled! That's what we want. Yeah, I'm like... Damn, mom win. I know. He already knows. This is good. That's really good win. <laughs> and you know what? I yes. have a son, and I already think about that. He's 14 months, and I already think about that. Yeah, Like, yeah. I feel like it's a big responsibility. It is, and it's... Because those are the ones who need to change. The girls don't really need to change. They need to no. learn... Keep learning that, like, you like, loved Find what you said. Find your voice. Find your voice, and stand up for yourself. And I don't give a shit if they like you. It's not appropriate. Yeah. They act a certain way, if and you don't like it. You, it's up to you to tell him that that's not effective. <laughs> yeah, and bugger off if you're not going to be yeah. appropriate. And who cares if you like me? Yes, but yeah. the boys, I'm like, man, we, we do have a responsibility. Yeah and, yeah, and boys are the other half of this equation, and it, it's not about, you know, taking power away from them or shoving them down. It's about education. It's, mm-hmm. it's about opening all of our eyes to how we can support each other better and work yes. together instead Absolutely. of against. Absolutely. So starting young, telling those boys. <laughs> I and love I, it. I want my son to rub off on his friends. You Absolutely. Know, be that little ripple. So. And that's a five-year-old who knows, so. Yeah, man. He knows more than many of the men I dated in my past already, I oh, think. So. Yes. <laughs> we'll count yes. that as a big mom one girl. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks. Thank you so much yeah, again. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time. Oh, 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 oh,